there literary fans and welcome to episode 35 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 13 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you'd like to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com and there's a few ways to contact me right there. Email, Twitter, Mastodon, good stuff. And while you're there, why not consider buying a copy of any of the terrible books that I've written so you can read them at home and make fun of me from afar, huh? Good stuff. Well, exciting episode today. We're going to be reading chapter 13, as I said. Uh, This week, we did get some feedback from both of our What do I want to say? Our uh, most prolific feedback providers, right? We got um, the lovely Laura, my wife, and we have Glenn. So why don't we just dig into it, right? So last week we read chapter 12 where nothing interesting happened. Well, I mean, there was some magic. There was a cat. That's pretty exciting, I guess. But why don't we go through some of these questions, huh? So my first question was, Margaret, Mar- Ugh, Margaret, Ugh, Jesus Christ. So if you couldn't tell, I've had a few beers today. <laughs> but before we dive into the actual chapter, I'm going to try to get through this little segment. So let's see. So Margot doesn't know the word psyched, if we remember correctly. So can you name some other words she might not know? So the lovely Laura points out that she probably doesn't know any acronyms, right? So she says, Margo wouldn't understand acronyms like LOL. She definitely wouldn't understand tennies, which is what insane people call sneakers. <laughs> yes. What did, uh, uh, oh, uh, so Glenn, his response to this was, she would not understand the terms word or word up. You know, when somebody asks you a question, you're like, word, man. All right. Um... Okay, so he says, consider for the next book that there's some unknown world cross-pollination. Like all those radical 90s words originated as keywords in World of Magic spells. I like that. So, like, if you're trying to cast some fancy spell, you have to say gnarly. You know what I mean? That'd be pretty sweet. All right. Question two. Did you understand the trap? So, I had two interesting answers but let me boop, boop, boop. let me just summarize by saying neither of them knew what the fuck was happening, <laughs> which is because it made no sense. Um, Laura implies the cat set the trap. That did that. Well, okay, that wasn't the intention. <laughs> and Glenn was saying that it's some sort of snare, but then the cat could move, so he didn't really get it either. So I agree with both of them. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what's going on? Question three. Uh, okay. Uh, so I kind of asked, like, would a ta- what would a talking cat be talking about? So Glenn has a good answer to this. In my experience, cats, I would imagine, they would yell, quote, I've changed my mind, end quote, constantly. You'd be petting it, and it would say, that's nice. Then, I've changed my mind. 
would be screeched before it sank your its claws into your arm. Yes. So my cat acts like that constantly because she's a bitch. <laughs> what is what does Laura say about this? So it is our cat, I suppose. My cat talks all the time when she brings us her toys in the middle of the night. So that is true. So she picks up we have a ton of like just stuffed like catnip toys, but she picks them up and carries them around crying. And I think she thinks she caught something, but I, I don't understand what she's doing there. So, Laura points out, if she could really talk, she'd ask me for treats constantly. Yes, she would come into our bedroom at 3.30 in the morning and yell that she needs some treats. Because she does, in fact, yell constantly. Oh, fucking cats. What assholes, am I right? Jesus Christ. I don't know. So, yeah, those are our feedback. Those answers are the feedback we received. Yes, so as I said... I had a few beers this morning because I went and played a soccer game at 10 a.m. And then, of course, we headed straight to the bar where I had some delicious Great Lakes IPAs. So now I'm trying to squeeze this podcast in before Laura comes home in 15 minutes, which probably isn't going to work. So I'll have to do it tomorrow. But anyway, let's move along here. So today we are reading chapter 13. Chapter 13 is a whopping 10 pages. You know what? Just looking at my book, we're almost at halfway. Maybe after this, we'll be at halfway. Um, Let's see. So in chapter 13, our heroes go to a party. How exciting is this going to be, huh? But I will say there's plenty of drama. If you really like relationship tension, this is is your chapter. This is where it's going to happen, right? Also, I believe in this chapter, I didn't actually look for it, but I remember the chapter, but Henry humiliates someone. Who do we think it is? Ooh, it's so exciting. I already know who it is, but Henry's going to bitch slap somebody effectively, except with magic, right? Because we're reading a fantasy novel, so it would have to be magic, except that the previous fucking 11 chapters, uh, I should say 12, I'm sorry. Well, I know chapter 12 had magic, but there's so little magic in this lame-ass book that, I mean, maybe you'd think he would just punch somebody in the face or, I don't know, trip them while they're trying to run after him. But nah, he's going to humiliate someone. It's going to be a good time. Some magic involved. This is a very important chapter, I'm going to say. So, I don't know. Without any further ado, why don't we dive in to chapter 13? So for today's episode, I'm going to be sipping on a nice home pour of Wild Turkey 101 on the rocks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I had this last week, too. So, yeah, it's been delicious, if a little strong, you know, but eh, we're going to work through this together. Yeah. Mm. So with like a 10-page chapter, we should see plenty of drinking breaks. Thank God. Am I right? Okay, here we go. Saturday came faster than Henry could have hoped. That's right, because he was uh, so good with the days in this book. Am I right? Because he was bugging uh, people about that. uh, There was going to be a party or something. I think that's uh, how Janie figured out that Henry likes Margot. Oh, my God. This book is so childish. All right. 
His week ended with the usual training and fighting. There was some talk about selecting some additional mages for the crisis in the West, but there had been no solid news passed down from the leadership as to their plans. On Saturday, Henry busied himself with another trip to Sandhill, alone again. Aw, poor guy. <laughs> he purchased another book from the village bookstore entitled The Wildlife of the Southern Pasturelands. Do we remember that the book guy had a, uh, the guy who ran the bookstore had a name, named character, that I don't think we'll ever see ever, ever again. <laughs> he stopped to buy more food and drinks for his home since Janie kept, quote, sharing his drinks with others. So I guess that kind of answers one question. He's drinking uh, World of Magic whiskey, right? He doesn't just have a... I think we discussed if he had like a stockpile of Jack Daniels, but I don't think so. All right. Finally, he stopped again at the Surly Swine for a quick lunch before heading back to his home. As the sun set that evening, he saw a bright fire north of the temple, which he guessed to be the weekend's party he had heard about earlier during the week. He would go, he knew, with the hope that perhaps Margot would as well. He also knew, however, that it would take significant urging from either Janie or Pauline. Sorry, I don't know why I read that weird. And Henry still wasn't sure if Janie would go at all. Wow. Is this enthralling? <laughs> Henry threw on a clean change of clothes and headed out alone for the party. Along the way, he ran into Trevor in a group of... Do you think he threw on a clean set of clothes? Do you think he took a shower? Do you think they have showers? I would hope they'd have showers. Maybe not. Maybe they just got bathtubs. Hmm. After walking to a town and back and dining somewhere called the Surly Swine, I feel like I'd want a shower. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Along the way, he ran into Trevor and a group of mages who he actually rather liked on the few occasions he had socialized with them. None of them had ever seen a great western catamount, and his tales of the past Wednesday delighted most of them. Wow. I am on, I am on point with these days of the week. Am I right? <laughs> the party was held outside someone's home. A much... Page turn. Larger two-bedroom that everyone in the group commented was far nicer than any of theirs, all being rather new staff. Most people had collected in front of the cottage where torches surrounded partygoers. Upon, upon arrival, Henry wandered first to a table with drinks and then generally around the party looking for Margot or Pauline. Ugh, this is so boring. He... Oh, okay, sorry. Just outside the front door, the big warrior mage Pulley came over, came over, called him over. Do you guys remember Pulley? He has not featured prominently in this story. <laughs> Henry hadn't actually seen the mage in a long time since he had been assigned to patrols. After introductions, Pulley said, So I heard you really messed up with that cat. Henry laughed at him. No, there was no mess up. Everything went fine. I heard it's still alive and prowling, a woman said. Oh, it is, Henry said with a wink, sipping his drink. You know what, Henry? Great idea. Let's have a sip. <laughs> mm, so descriptive with what he got to drink, aren't I? Wow. Then how can you say everything went fine, another man asked, looking at him confused. 
I wasn't just going to kill the cat, Henry explained. It was just ill, and it killed a few sheep because it was starving to death. We got it some medicine, and it should be back to its usual self, avoiding humans and killing small animals. I told you this guy is a nut, Pulley said, slapping Henry with his giant hands. Ho <laughs> ho! Henry waved off the comment and proceeded to ask what they had all been up to. He was fascinated by the patrols, although hearing that they were all done on horseback made him secretly thankful he was assigned to special reserves. He tried to memorize some of the villages and towns they mentioned, but he failed. Eventually, he noticed Cindy and Devon migrated over to the same group. He didn't personally have a quarrel with the two mages, but he immediately knew they had a quarrel with him. I heard you screwed up the cat situation, Devon said, winking at him. We've already been over that, Devon, Henry said, sighing. Cindy laughed at him. Oh, and how do you spin that story? Trying to make yourself and that disappointment that went with you look good still? Henry raised an eyebrow at her as he sipped his drink turned and walked away in the opposite direction, his other colleagues trying to call him back over. Wow, Cindy's a bitch. She called Margot a disappointment, and she's my favorite character. I don't like Cindy now, huh? I'm going to have a sip, even though it's not a drinking break. Mm-hmm. While walking away, Henry found himself... There's like two spaces there. I don't know. It looks a little weird. Henry found himself looking out at the trail to the house. And he saw Janie, Pauline, and Margot walking into the party. Margot and Janie had worn bright orange dresses, and they both smiled and waved to other partygoers they saw. Margot, though, was wearing black, and her expression was her usual cool countenance. Henry corrected himself, though. It wasn't her usual black cloak. He saw a blouse that she had left a few buttons open, and Henry thought she looked stunning. Ooh! <laughs> After a... <laughs> I don't know. It just... Was that like some subtle way to say that she was showing cleavage? <laughs> all right, all right. Do people call it a blouse? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Probably shirt would have been better. I don't think I say blouse in real life ever. All right. After a moment, he realized he was standing still and staring at the trio, or mostly at Margot. He walked over to say hello to the three women, but he found himself wordless. Instead, he simply waved. Hi, Henry, Pauline said. Hi, he said, still off balance. He saw Margot looking at him with a raised eyebrow. What's wrong with you? Janie asked. Huh? Oh, nothing, Henry managed. So how was your trip? Not so bad, but I need a drink, she replied, walking to the bar. Can I get either of you a drink, Henry asked Pauline and Margot. We can manage, Margot responded, following Janie. As she walked by, she patted Henry on the shoulder, and he followed along behind her like a lost puppy. Oh, that's nice. After they had drinks, Margot turned to Henry, saying... I've heard some people don't like how you handled the cat. Oh, how I handled the cat, he laughed. I seem to remember you were there as well. Henry was thankful the drinks were loosening him up somewhat. What drinks will never know? <laughs> That's my usual descriptive writing, isn't it? It's great. I'm going to have a sip. Mm.
Um, I believe most of that plan was yours, she said with a smirk. Suddenly concerned, he asked, You didn't get into trouble, did you? She laughed at him. No, well, maybe a little, but no. Relax. I thought, well, you surprised me, pleasantly. Henry forced a smile. Are you sure you didn't get in trouble? He asked again. I'm fine. Everything's fine, she said, smiling at him. I would have been upset had you, wa- had you handled it any other way. So who said you screwed up, Janie asked, now listening in, because <laughs> I can't read. You know what? There's a lot of uh, sentences ending in prepositions in this chapter. Not classy, right? My English teacher from like 11th grade would be furious. Who didn't like me? I don't think my 11th grade English teacher... No, no, she was fine. She was fine. It was... You know what? It was really my freshman. So ninth grade English teacher, she didn't like me that much. Yeah. She had some insane thought that I broke something in her classroom. And to this day, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Because I've met her after I went to college. I'm like, what do we... I didn't break shit. What are you talking about? She gave me a real bad grade once on a uh, paper... And it was like, um, we were supposed to write a thesis, I guess. I don't know. I just wrote a freaking straight paper. It was so boring. I think it was about Oliver Cromwell. And I only chose it because of that stupid Monty Python song. (laughs) Look it up. It's amazing. But, ugh. I don't know. She hated me. I got a bad grade on that. And I've held that grudge forever. That and there was this Greek mythology quiz we took. And, uh... One of the questions on the quiz was like, name the two Greek gods who were twins. And I said Castor and Pollux, because they are twins, thank you very much. And she marked it wrong, because she was looking for what? Um, what, Ares and, I don't know, Athena or something? I can't, who gives a shit? Aphrodite and Athena, I don't know. Whatever, the two more major gods. And I'm like, but these two were gods and also twins so i did get it right she's like well those weren't the two i was looking for and i was so irritated i'm like it's not wrong it's just different what that was lame you know what i'm, I'm disgusted <laughs> okay let's see boop, 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 boop. so who said you screwed up janie asked now listening in oh i've only heard cindy and devon henry said shrugging i'm sure plenty of others think so but it doesn't matter Well, they're idiots, Janie said. Drinking break! Yay! After that long story about freshman freshman English class. (laughs) Mm. Do people even like when I go off on these tangents? I hope so. Write in! Tell me if they're bad. Yeah. All right, here we go. Margot hadn't really wanted to attend the party, but she was generally a pushover for Janie's peer pressure. Her, what a wet noodle. Her two roommates had been keen on getting her there, and she found it easier to acquiesce, ooh, big word, than to protest any further. She was happy to see Henry there, who she hadn't seen for any significant amount of time since their outing together. Like Pauline and Janie, Henry didn't really appear to care about her family name, which was always refreshing. Henry, though, seemed to be acting slightly stranger than usual. Perhaps, she thought, she was being overly sensitive. She hoped another drink or two would take the edge off. Oh, that's nice. Pauline introduced her to a few potions masters she worked with, 
and they seemed only slightly standoffish. She stood quietly beside Pauline most of the evening, sipping her drinks. Wow, was she double-fisting? I hope so. That's pretty awesome. And looking around at the other partygoers. What do you think Margo drinks at a party? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, base it on... I don't know. Is she going to just drink, like, uh, the hard stuff? Is she going, like, straight vodka? Or would... Would it, in the world of magic, that seems kind of 1800s-y because of, the, you know, the, the carts and horses and crap, do you think she's drinking, like, uh, moonshine? Or did they not have vodka yet in this magic world? Pro- they must have vodka. Distilling isn't really that hard to do, and fucking vodka is just basically moonshine <laughs> that you water down until you can put it in a bottle so people don't throw up every time they sip it. All right. Let's see. Uh... A band began playing as the party started getting busier. A porch, I picture the band playing, um, what, that song that the band plays in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> I don't know why that always comes to mind. <laughs> okay. A portion of the house's lawn seemed to instantly transform into a dance floor. Oh, God, Jeff, what did you write? Margot looked on with mild interest at the four-person band, all older gentlemen from the settlement that she only recognized but didn't know. Margot watched Pauline get pulled into the dancing throng by Trevor, leaving her alone on the outskirts. She started walking around the party to see if there might be anything else to catch her interest. Towards the house, she saw Janie laughing as she twirled Joe around, making her laugh lightly to herself. Aww. She wandered inside the house for the first time that evening, but quickly removed herself. She saw inside her supervisor and a few warrior majors, mages amongst the crowd, and she had no interest in spending her evening with any of them. Turning around, Margot ran into Cindy, who was trying to get into the house. Oh, sorry, Margot said, stepping aside. Cindy scowled at her, but said nothing. What's Cindy's problem with Margot? I didn't... I mean, she called her a disappointment earlier, but I don't think we have any basis for any of this. <laughs> Margot shrugged, stepping back outside into the cool evening air. She realized that she was feeling an uncomfortable combination of boredom and awkwardness. The people she had been latched onto, okay, were now busying themselves with others, and she felt a bit lonely standing by herself. I hear you, Margo. That does suck at parties. She absently wondered where Henry had ended up, and she assumed he must be somewhere in the dancing crowd. Seeing Janie, she made an exaggerated pointing motion towards their house and waved. Janie stopped dancing and put her hands up as if to ask why. Margot simply waved again and walked off towards the path home. Oh, she's leaving! What the hell? I'm going to have a little sip because it's a drinking break! Mm. You know what? We're on page 99. That's exciting. I guess we've passed halfway in this book because I think there's 192 pages. Yeah, let's have a little more of this drink. Mm. All right. You think you're better than me? Devon yelled inches from Henry's face. He could smell the ale on his breath. 
You're drunk, Devon, Henry said, turning away to get a breath. Oh, big tough guy, he said, shoving Henry. Some of Henry's drink splashed onto his hand. Henry sighed calmly. Now I need to go get a refill, he said quietly as a few people started to stare. He subtly lowered his hand and drew a small invisible line with his index finger. Ooh, it's probably magic. He turned away and started walking back towards the party. Devon tried to lunge after him, but his feet caught on the small magic Henry had left near the ground and he fell face down into the grass. Henry turned briefly, shaking his head, and walked away as the mages drawn to the original commotion pointed and laughed. Look at that little, uh, magic bullying, I guess? I don't know, whatever. Uh, it sounds like we can assume Henry is not the instigator, I think, in this case. Let's, let's assume that, huh? But when Henry came around to the front of the house, he looked around for Margot. When the music had started, his nerves had carried him away from it, and the potential awkwardness of asking Margot to dance. Oh my god, what is this, seventh grade? Jesus. Ugh, I think I was more mature than this in the ninth grade. That's absolutely not true. I never ask girls to dance. Jesus. Okay. Uh, actually, he thought to himself, he was just being a scared boy. Wow. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> he cursed himself. <laughs> he cursed himself for acting like he was at a middle school dance. Fair enough. All right. All right. It is documented that Henry is a middle school loser. Okay. He caught sight of Janie dancing and walked over to her, tapping her on the shoulder. Oh, hey, she said, stopping for a moment. Have you seen Margot? Henry asked without any subtlety. There was no point in hiding anything from Janie. Oh, I think she left, she said. What? Henry exclaimed and immediately headed toward the path away from the party. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Drinking break! Hmm. Okay. This is getting exciting now, right? I think I, Henry's so excited to see Margo. What's going to happen? Okay. Margo had just passed the... My voice really cracked on that, didn't it? <laughs> Margo had just passed the temple when she heard someone running down the road. She ignored it, though, and continued on her way. She was confident it was a drunken party-goer or something similar that was of no concern to herself. She was looking forward to a hot tea and an early night. Margot, a voice called to her, and she turned to find Henry, breathing just a bit heavy. He jogged up to her and stopped, but didn't say anything. Henry, she greeted him after a moment, amused. Hi, he said. Um, sorry, I wanted to catch you at the party, but Janie said you left. Yeah, I just decided to head home, she said, smiling. He stood smiling at her. Once the pause became awkward enough, she asked, Did you need something? Oh, um, yeah, he said, pausing again. She noted that he was looking down at his feet, which she, in turn, noticed were sporting his off-worlder shoes. Oh, that's the name of the book! <laughs> she, sh she stared at them for a moment 
for returning to his face. Margot, I was wondering, he finally continued, if maybe sometime you'd like to go out for dinner or something like that. Margot's eyes popped wide open. You mean like a date, she asked, almost as a delay, mostly as a delay. Um, yeah, Henry answered. Margot tried to think clearly, but was failing. She blamed the drinks. She had not expected anything like this tonight. Oh, she said. This time, Margot was the source of the awkward pause. She wondered why he was asking her this just now. Did Henry have some sort of angle that she had missed? Henry, um, she said, I don't think that's a very good idea. Aw, what the hell, Margot, right? Henry immediately deflated. No, he asked. I, um, I try not to date fighting mages, she explained. It's just a rule I have. Oh, he said with a confused face, uh, confused look on his face. All right. I'm just going to head home then, she explained. Uh, comma, something, something. <laughs> All these pages! Ugh. Awkwardly, pointing in the general direction of her house. Of course, Henry said, trying to collect himself. Have a nice evening, though. Margot smiled a weak smile and started off towards her house, still baffled by what had just transpired. Drinking break! Ooh! Mmm. So tasty. That's a burn, huh? Margot fucking shutting down Henry. Wow. Who didn't see that coming? I knew it was coming. <laughs> All right. The following morning, Janie had managed to wake up far earlier than she usually did after a night of drinking. She attributed this to her curiosity surrounding Margot and Henry, who had almost certainly met up after the former had left the party early. Ooh, former and latter. Good for me using those words. That's exciting. All right. The look in Henry's eye and his desperate rush after Margot had suggested that he had planned, he planned to do something about his ridiculous crush. While she ate a bowl of oatmeal, Margot walked through the front door into their small kitchen slash living room. Janie raised her eyebrows as she walked in. You're up already? Janie asked. I think it's more surprising you're up, Margot countered as she pulled a glass from the cabinet and filled it with water. Where were you? Janie asked. I went for a walk this morning, Margot said and gulped her water. Janie kept looking at her, but the black-haired woman said nothing. Finally, Janie asked, Did anything interesting happen last night? No, Margot said shortly. Janie frowned. Didn't Henry catch up with you? Up to you? Up not with you, to you. Sorry, sorry. Now Margot frowned back at her friend. Yes, how did you know that? He wanted to know where you had gone, Janie said. She smiled mischievously. And asked, so are you two an item? Oh, Margot replied, no. <laughs> Janie looked at her confused, studying her face. She looked on the verge of angry to Janie. Did he ask you out on a date? 
Yes, he did, but I said no, Margot explained, and started walking towards the bedrooms. Wait, what? Janie asked, standing up. You turned him down? Yes, and that's my business, Margot said tersely, turning back to face Janie. But why? Margot was silent for a moment, as if considering whether to answer. Finally, she said weakly, I don't want to date a warrior mage. Janie shook her head as if confused. Why not? Janie asked. Because, Margot started, then closed her mouth. Janie could almost see the conflict in Margot's head. Because they all turned bad, all of them, and he's probably just using me. Janie felt anger building, build inside, felt, ugh, okay, let's try that again. <laughs> Janie felt the, it's all these drinking breaks in this chapter, and I'm going to have an unofficial one right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. These are just sips, but 101, Jesus Christ. Janie felt the anger build inside her, and her cheeks seemed to be getting hotter. What the hell are you talking about, she asked in a raised voice. This is Henry, not some power-hungry egomaniac. Margot's face turned sour. I told you, it's none of your business, she said sternly. That's the most idiotic thing I have ever heard, Janie yelled. What's wrong with you? Can't you see he's in love with you? It's none of your business, Margot shouted back. Janie lowered her voice, but it was still laced with the anger she felt. Margot, you are a stupid girl. I don't think I can even talk to you anymore. Why don't you just get over yourself for once? Not everyone is out to get you or use you. Some people just like you, but you're too proud or suspicious or stupid. I don't know which to notice when people genuinely like you. It looked as if Margot were about to say something, but Janie raised her hand and stormed out of the house. Oh, that was good stuff, huh? Drinking break! Mmm. A lot of sips in this chapter. Jesus Christ. Henry heard a knock on his door while he was eating a piece of toast. How do you make toast? Ah, you know what? He's got magic. He probably made magic toast. I was going to say, like, they don't have a toaster. And, you know, as a first world suburbanite, I have no clue how to make toast without a toaster. (laughs) All right. Henry heard a knock on his door while he was eating a piece of toast. He went to the door. When he went to the door, he was surprised to find Janie. You're up early, Henry said with a mouth still full of toast. You're up early, Henry said with a mouth still full of toast. Janie invited herself in and walked over to his table, taking a seat and grabbing the rest of his toast. Henry walked back to the stove and started another two slices on the outskirts of the fire. I guess that's how you make toast on the outskirts. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. I wonder if I looked that up when I was writing. My guess is I did not. All right. So it's not magic toast. He's just doing it in like an open flame, I guess, huh? I talked to Margot this morning, she said. Oh, Henry said, resigned to having discussed the previous evening. Resigned to having to discuss the previous evening. I'm sorry, Henry, Janie said. I really didn't think she'd be so much of a bitch. Whoa, Henry replied. No need for that. 
<laughs> Language, Janie, am I right? <laughs> Listen, you'll find someone else here, Janie said. <laughs> I don't think so, Henry laughed. She said no, but it's not like that just flips a switch in me. Henry, come on, Janie started. He interrupted. Listen, she has her reasons, and that's fine. I just need to show her that I'm not the type of person she thinks I might be. But aren't you angry? she asked, confusion showing on her face. No, not angry, he said. Thinking for a moment, he added, sad maybe? Disappointed? I don't know. I'm so mad at her, Janie said, shaking her head. Well, don't be, he, Henry said. She's, there's a lot of saids in this, aren't there? I don't, this, this chapter's not as good as some of, some of the like previous ones. I don't know how to write like dialogue well with the said, because that's usually the proper thing to put there, just said. But that makes it appear like 17 times on the same page. It's uh, I, uh, I'm just not good at writing books. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm so mad at her, Janie said, shaking her head. Well, don't be, Henry said. She's got a complicated situation, so give her a break. The last thing she'd need is to be ostracized by, ostracized by the few friends she has. Janie laughed. God, you're infuriating when you're reasonable. Ooh, and that ends chapter 13. So another exciting chapter of Offworlder, am I right? A very... I've bitched about this before, but it's very, like, middle school oriented or something. I don't know what to say. And, like, these are adults. I think Henry and Margot are just, like, total... Okay, here's another middle school ter term, but I would refer to Margot and Henry as a both of them are spoons. Yeah. So, like, uh, people do ask me when I use the term spoon, because that is a, what I want to say, hyper-regional <laughs> term. Like, I don't think anybody used that term except me and people in my, like, school district growing up. Because, yeah, we'd call people spoons. And I try to explain to people, like, they're a bunch of... A spoon would be like calling someone a tool, you know? They're just like a... Uh, it's like, um, what, a dork? I'm trying to remember how Milhouse on The Simpsons explained this, because uh, I think somebody called him a nerd, and he said, Hey, I'm a dork. Nerds are smart. <laughs> so <laughs> we're implying like a dork term, kind of, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... They're definitely spoons. They're both a, they're both kind of losery right now, I think. I'm getting that vibe from both of them. <laughs> but, and I only mean that in the sense that they're so freaking awkward at asking each other out. And I think that, in all fairness, I think that's what the book's going for, is to make like their relationship seem a little... Uh, not forced. It was a... Uh, they both don't know what they're doing, A, right? They don't know what they're doing. And B, they're both unreasonable. And C, uh, what do I want to say? You know this is going to be one lame-ass relationship when they do get together. Because we obviously know they do. Because we've all listened to the first, what, 20 episodes? 22 episodes of this podcast where we read Bringing Balance. And it was implied they had previously 
Ben Lovers. Ooh. I think what makes this all so silly, though, is it's basically, you know, I think we're saying they're, I don't know, what do you think, 20s? They're in their 20s? Eh, first job, yeah, I'm going to say 20s. Let's say they're in their 20s. So maybe it's a little old to be acting like the idiots that they are, but eh, what are you going to do? I don't know. What do you think? Does Mar- is Margot acting unreasonable? Because she suspects Henry has ulterior motives, right? But is she kind of being a bitch? I think maybe. I believe Janie does call her a bitch. So we'll have to see what happens in subsequent chapters. Very exciting. Ooh. So uh, if you haven't been able to tell, this book is just like a uh, love story between Henry and Margot. It's not... It's not rife with magic. They're not solving some big mystery, right? I think at the beginning of this chapter, the crisis in the West is mentioned. (laughs) What was that line? It was really stupid. The sun setting the embrace. Oh, here we go. There was some talk about selecting some additional mages for the crisis in the West. So I think that's those villages that have been disappearing, but I mean, I think I asked that in a question, but it doesn't seem like a uh, major plot point. It's, oh, God damn it. Don't you like, though, that Pulley showed up in this chapter? I'm excited he's back. I feel like I kind of wanted to make him a bigger character, but spoiler alert, he's not a major character. (laughs) He probably will appear in this book once or twice more. Cindy and Devon, I think, appear a couple more times. Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. Let's get on to some... Well, you know what? I would really like if people wrote in and told me what they thought of the Margot Henry love story going on here. Because I find it stupid. (laughs) Okay, let's get to some discussion questions. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, so... I think even Henry points out this is very middle school right now. This, this like crush he has and how he asks out Margot, right? So, and then Margot rejects him, right? So, discussion question one Do you have a middle school rejection story? Ooh, so exciting. I remember, I think this would have been eighth grade. They used to have this, uh, what the fuck was it? It was like you could send for Valentine's Day a flower to someone. Why don't we back up? Why don't we back up? I asked out this girl who used to sit next to me in... I think it was social studies. Eh, I can't remember. If you're not from Massachusetts, that's like, I don't know, civics class or history, whatever. It doesn't matter. And... um I asked her, I remember she was in the math club with me because I was one cool dude in the eighth grade. (laughs) Wow, this would have been like seventh grade then, was it? I'm mixing up grades here. This was, might have been eighth grade, who knows, who cares. And uh, I remember after math club one day, I went over to her, she was at her locker when I asked her out and... uh, I remember she had like this weird answer. Like, I'm not dating anyone right now. And I was like, what the? I was so devastated. She was totally like, 
not maybe out of my league, but I don't know, out of my class. Like, what do I want to say? I, I, God, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we were maybe in the same league, but definitely couldn't have dated. <laughs> Whatever. I had this thing with asking out girls that had, like, n- zero contact with me, or we would just never have... Uh, dating would have been silly. It was just silly. I don't know. So, anyway, she obviously said... Uh, she said something like, I'm not dating anyone any right now. And I remember calling a friend when I got home, and he said that... He heard from another girl that was friends with her. God, this is so middle school, right? That she wasn't, because she said she wasn't dating anyone right now. And it was because she liked another kid who actually had gone to a private school, I think, like for eighth grade and was going to private schools the rest of the time. But, you know, he was definitely... uh what do I want to say? Maybe out of her league. Like he was kind of like a, a successful jock. Yeah, I certainly was not. So that was kind of devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, another friend told me later that she thought I was going to ask her a math question because <laughs> we had just gotten out of math club. <laughs> oh, it was so awful. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. I will say that when I asked out the lovely Laura, you know, my current wife, that would have been freshman year of college. Way smoother. Yeah, that went. That was a nice, clean, like, hey, you want to go see a movie? And she was like, yeah, I would like to go see a movie. Bam, right? And then seven years later, well, all right, that's probably an exaggeration. But what, six years later, we were married. Oh, it's an adorable story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. It all worked out good for me. I don't know about Laura, maybe... So so. <laughs> hey Laura, write in with your opinion of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, write in with a nice middle school rejection story if you have one. I had like a, uh, I did have in sixth grade, which would have been middle school. I did have a quote girlfriend, but we weren't in any of the same classes, so we would only talk on the phone, and that was kind of a big deal because my dad actually put a phone in my bedroom. That was a huge deal. He went up in the attic and ran a line down into my bedroom right above the light switch. It was pretty awesome. And so I would talk to her on the phone for ages. But I don't know. We barely saw each other at school and stuff. But yeah, she was a a cute little girl. I think we might be friends on Facebook. I don't know. Maybe? Maybe. She was... Yeah, she was nice. Yeah, she's got a family now. She's a sweetie. But I, I don't know. It was, you know, your usual... No contact middle school relationship. It was pretty lame. I don't think it lasted past sixth grade. (laughs) Which it probably shouldn't have anyway. (laughs) Okay, that was a real long explanation. But I would love to hear if anybody has some horrific middle school dating stories. Oh, come on. You know, come on, Laura. You're listening to this podcast. Write in with your middle school dating stories, please. It's great stuff. Okay, second question. Discussion question two. So, uh, at the party, Margot has some drinks, and I was get jabbering on about freaking vodka. What was Margot drinking at the party? She doesn't strike me as a, you know, drinking beer type of girl, although, I don't know, maybe it's implied because they've gone to the Surly Swine 
a couple times. So wasn't she just getting beer, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? What is Margot drinking? I picture her just because she's a little bit snooty almost. Not snooty. That's probably standoffish. But it's implied her family has money. I picture her drinking something a little classier, you know? Well, she might be a champagne type of girl, right? Is she just drinking champagne the whole time? I don't know. Write in with what you think. I kind of picture her drinking a mixed drink, but maybe not a sweet one. Yeah, yeah. Something a little more upscale where the bartender would raise an eyebrow like, oh, she knows what she's ordering, you know, as opposed to getting a, what, a margarita or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she's gonna. Would they even have margaritas in the world of world of magic? Right? I don't know. Do they have cactuses in the world of magic? Because <laughs> you need that to make tequila. I don't know. All right. Discussion question three. Oh, this is a good one. I'm excited about this one. All right. <clears throat> All right. Let's discount weddings in this question. When was the last party you were attending that had dancing? <laughs> Okay, and that is exactly why I've discounted weddings. That doesn't count. Come on. I'm thinking the last party I was at where they were like playing music and there was dancing. I mean, clearly that's college and we're talking like frat parties and stuff, right? I don't think I've been to one since. Probably. So it would have been college if there was dancing at the party. All right. So I can immediately eliminate anything that wasn't college. <laughs> That's gone. Okay, so now we're going to backtrack to college. I think it might have been our senior week. Senior week at college was maybe my favorite week at college. It was a freaking hoot because we did all these activities. I remember, I think Laura didn't, the lovely Laura attended the same college as me, but I don't think she signed up for senior week fast enough. So I think you uh, Laura, right in. Did you miss any senior week activities? But uh, I remember there was a party at a Delbert Gymnasium. You can look it up. That'll probably tell you what college I went to. Not that it's a big secret, but uh, yeah, we went to this party and there was dancing at that. That might be the quote last party I attended that wasn't a wedding that had like music and dancing at it. I think that could be it. I don't think I danced at it, though. What was the last party that I danced at? Yeah, that's going to be like a frat party with Laura. Yeah, yeah. So, Laura, isn't that good news? I have not danced with other women except you since, good Lord, freshman year of college? Woo! <laughs> yeah, that that's something else right there. Yeah. So when was the last party you danced at that wasn't a wedding? If Laura writes in with something from like 2007, I'm going to be a little pissed. <laughs> but you know what? It's fine. I am secure in my masculinity, so it would be fine. I will not... Um, what do I want to say? I don't control Laura. She is a lovely, lovely lady, and she is a faithful wife. So anyway... Um, I think that's all our discussion questions. I would love to know that party answer because I can't think of another situation that wouldn't be in college or, you know, no, I don't know. I can't think of another situation. If you have one, write in because I am confused. Weddings, I usually do dance at to some degree. It depends on the wedding. I remember the last wedding I was at, I did have to dance 
with Laura because it was one of her friends. I don't, not that it was, well, it's not a problem to dance with Laura. The problem was I didn't have an, uh, what, anterior cruciate ligament in my left leg or otherwise known as an ACL at the time. So every time I did any sort of step, it hurt like hell. <laughs> so a lot of my dancing involved me hopping on my right leg during that, that wedding. So don't worry though, folks. Left leg, top notch right now. Yeah, so. So anyway, I think that wraps up this episode. I feel like this episode was very middle school oriented. You know what I mean? Because th- th- this love story is so... Like, juvenile, I guess. It's juvenile, but then there's alcohol. Let's face it, there's a lot of drinking in this book. Which probably mirrors my own drinking, am I right? Let's have a sip. Mm. Yes. Well, anyway, if you do have answers to these discussion questions, or if Laura would like to write in and scold me for all this rambling about her and I, uh, go ahead and head over to jeffreadsbook.com. And right from there, you can find my email address. It is jba at sdf.org. Or you can contact me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. All one word. No spaces, no underscores, no symbols. Or you can reach me on Mastodon in the Fediverse. And that is at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. And if you can't tell exactly what letters I'm using, head on over to jeffreadsbook.com. And while you're there, buy a copy of this book because I don't have ads in this podcast because if there's one thing I hate about podcasts, it's advertisements. Except maybe Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday Morning Podcast. You guys should all listen to that because his advertisements are bananas. <laughs> I love it. If you can backtrack, I just remember, um, what was it? His, uh, he had one of those, uh, like StubHub advertisements, or you can like bid on tickets, like, and say how much you want to pay to go to a game. And he had his lovely wife on, uh, his wife, Nia, and she was just laughing at his ad read. And I don't think they ever advertised with him again after that ad read. It was amazing. So, yeah, if you ever listen to Bill Burr's podcast, never fast forward. It's totally worth it to stay on there. So, anyway, uh, I guess that wraps it up. We'll never have ads on this podcast. Just go buy my stupid ass books. If you want to, you could buy them and then give them to people right before they uh, maybe... You know what? November is coming up. Give them this book and show them how bad a book written in a month can be. And that'll give them some warning about maybe I shouldn't write a book. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, I guess that wraps it up. So until next time, keep on reading. (laughs) 